Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Got another explosive, not average, not good, not going to use the G word in great, but an explosive show tonight. Really looking forward to it. Uh, does LSU have the most complete staff, maybe the more most explosive staff? in SEC football. We'll talk about that. Yes, I get like, what about Nick Saban? We'll talk about that. Something interesting that I think uh, that no one's really focused about is this LSU football staff. We'll talk about them tonight. Jason Kelly, the Arizona State and former Washington pitching coach, is announced as the next LSU pitching coach. Uh, Yes, guys, he's on the hefty side. Thank you for pointing that out. Everybody that's telling me, Blake, he's, he's a hefty old boy. Yeah, I know that. It's good to see a hefty guy, you know, becoming a coach. But we'll talk about Jason Kelly as Jay Johnson has uh, really faced off against Jason Kelly in the Pac-12 in multiple stops. We'll talk about Jason Kelly as we do every day on Tuesdays. Hashtag Ask Blake. Got a question about anything LSU sports related? Put it in the comments. No politics. No, you know, nothing like that, but just sports related. Put the hashtag Ask Blake. Uh, and some we'll talk about is mental health and sports. Um uh, Aaron Rodgers made this interesting uh, today or yesterday uh, about mental health and something that I think that we we can't ignore anymore and something I think that we need to talk about. Um, so we'll touch on that at the end of the show if we ha- if we have time. But we, I definitely want to get there. But before we get started, guys, thank you as always. Do us a favor. Hit the like and share. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you to everyone who sends us stars and super chats on Facebook and YouTube. We greatly appreciate that from the bottom of our heart. And hopefully... Uh, no technical difficulties on this Tuesday. Hopefully, uh, uh, no technical difficulties. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we'll get to the comments, and then we'll pay some bills, and then we'll get started. Uh, Chris Barnhill says, let's go. Steve, go Tigers. Hernandez says, let's go. 
Kenny says, uh, welcome, Coach Jason Kelly. Colin says, let's do the damn thing. Steven on YouTube says, the pitching coach looks pretty solid. What are the insiders saying? We'll talk about that. Gary sends us some stars via uh, Facebook. We appreciate that, guys. Every time y'all do that, uh, we appreciate it. Um, Get made fun of uh, by Bryce here on YouTube, who's mocking our opening uh, logo or, or slogan saying, we are live. It's okay. Uh, it, it's okay, but you're still here, right? Like you, you're still watching, so you can make fun of me all you want, but you still came in here and you and, and you and you're watching, so it's all good. Craig Schilling says, and we are live. <laughs> so, it, it, although it's becoming our um type of uh, uh 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 of slogan here, it is um we are being made fun of it. How about that? Uh, Craig Schilling says Naked Jaybird explosive type of show. If you don't know who Naked uh, Jaybird is, or if you haven't been around, you know, we've been doing it. Guys, we're almost at episode 300. Guys, in, a, in about a month, we'll be at episode 300. That's going to be really fun. Uh, Naked Jaybird is uh, what I called my son when he ran in here uh, one show, absolutely buck naked, uh, after taking a bath. Um, and then one time he ran in here with a full diaper and it was like dragging to the floor, so maybe Jaybird type explosive. Maybe so. But let's pay some bills. We'll get to your comments. Put the hashtag ask Blake, and we'll get this show on the road. None better than our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and betonline.ag. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire seals. There's absolutely nothing that GM Varno and Sons can't do for you today. With over 63 years of experience with their highly trained technicians, they're going to take care of all your automotive needs. 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard. If you break down on the side of the road, they will be there to come and get you. All you got to do is call. Again, that's 225-664-9992. Tell me, your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, I've been mentioning about BetOnline now that mobile betting is ready to go in the state of Louisiana. You've got to get over to BetOnline.ag, especially before football season. Game one of the NBA Finals is tonight. Get over there, place your bets. You'll get 50% off your first welcome bonus. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Use that mobile device. Sign up today. Let them know you're good friends over at AYS since you on by. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, Adam Contreras sends us stars via Facebook. We appreciate that, my friend. Uh, Matt Sinclair says, LFG, let's go. Uh, Jason says, hashtag Rudy Puda Bryce for saying that, um, uh, you know, he doesn't like the um, we are live. Hey, it's our thing, but you're still here. Lamar Williams says he's back in the building. I heard that. A lot of people sent me messages last night that they um, that they liked the singing section of the show, right? Like, and I need you, you know, uh, a thousand, was it uh, a thousand miles? You know, so I got a lot of compliments about, um, about that. Uh, Jamie Hodge says, hashtag ask Blake, do you think the LSU uh, e-transfer Maryfield will be a factor? Uh, here he's really good. Yeah, he's going to be a factor. And I think that we can use him. We can definitely use him. Uh, but I see a lot of comments flying in from, like, Ryan Thibodeau, uh, Jacob Cole. Both of them said that uh, Coach Jason Kelly is not fat. He's just fluffy. You know, he's pleasantly plump, as some people would say. 
Uh, we could start off with him. Um, I'm not surprised for a pitching coach that Jay Johnson went with someone from the West Coast. I, what's interesting to me is who he picked. Now, as we mentioned, Jason Kelly has a lot of experience in the Pac-12, a Pac-12 guy, West Coast guy. He's been at Arizona State. He's been at this, at Washington. But just reading a couple things that Jay Johnson has said about Jason Kelly, I'm quoting, I think he's very complete in regards to what's required out of an elite Division One pitching coach. Uh, I think that he's a very good uh, template to get the guys to the current roster another level and to another level in terms of what's going on in the building with arm strength and developing and pitching ability. When you have a guy that is – mainly a hitting coach it's like an offensive coordinator uh in, in football they're gonna know who great defensive coordinators great defensive minds are when you face a guy for so long when you face a guy that when your your main thing is to get your guys to be great hitters and get to the next level and then you have a pitching coach that you're constantly going against and he's really confusing your hitters with quite honestly subpar talent what is the guy going to do when he gets that that par talent what's he going to do when he gets that elite talent like LSU will bring him um he did one thing that is a little concerning and some have mentioned this to me and I do think it's a little concerning is last year uh, a lot of some of his pitchers had arm issues that is something that LSU has struggled with in the past but I'm not really worried about that right now because he has a long track record of pitchers not having arm issues, not having arm problems that we've seen. I'm not going to take one year of, uh, uh, of pitchers getting hurt and having arm soreness for us to sit here and say, especially after a year of baseball was canceled, then come back and then they have arm soreness because their arms aren't fatigued enough to go through an entire season. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to go worry about what he's done in the past. Stats don't lie. The guy's got him. His pitching staff's got him. Um, seems to me that he's going to bring a, a, an attitude and an energy that Jay Johnson himself is bringing, right? Like, we learned from the press conference that Jay Johnson wants to be explosive. Either you're going to take a walk or you're going to hit a double. Regardless, it doesn't matter to me. You better get your ass on base. Whether we're hitting bombs, whether we're hitting doubles, or if we got base, uh, runners on and we got a bunt to put pressure on to get runners advanced. It's the same kind of feel as what he wants to go with Jason Kelly as a new pitching coach. Now, the biggest question is, is who's going to be the next paid assistant? I continue to hear some rumblings. Uh, I, my my guy, though, I think Chad Kaye is should be, in my personal opinion, this is not sourcing. This, uh, I mean, <laughs> um, there are some talks. I'm not talking about Chad. I'm just saying there are some talks about Chad Kaye being the next, uh, being on the staff. I know that he would probably want to come back to the state of Louisiana when you have your own roots. Yeah, you definitely want to be back in the state of Louisiana. It's not going to surprise me one bit if Jay Johnson hires a guy with a lot of Louisiana ties. He's got to do that, right? Like, He's got to have a guy that can come in the Southeast and recruit. You can't have two uh, West Coast guys that have never recruited the Southeast and think that's going to be okay. He's going to have to have a guy that can come in here and recruit. Your, obviously, your bigger state in Louisiana, but can go to Florida, can go to Texas, can go to Mississippi and other places and get these bigger recruits. So I really do believe that it was a good hire with Jason Kelly, and he's not going to hold any punches. He is not going to hold any punches – it feels to me like a complete opposite staff of what um, of what Palmineri assembled. You know, Nolan Kane was kind of, eh. Uh, Alan Dunn was kind of, meh. 
And Paul, although in his younger years at LSU, would be fiery, um, he, he lost that kind of fight and luster. I mean, to be expected, as much, much, most older coaches do. They lose that fire. Um, so I like it. Matt Sinclair sends a star via, stars via Facebook, so we greatly appreciate that. Uh, Ryan Thibodeau says DJ Tark, uh, Chark uh, said he fought with mental illness issues. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Let's wait to the end of the show to talk about that. Uh, Dale Broussard says, hashtag ask Blake, did Mondo choose to fault for Sweden for any reason other than his mom is from there? Um, you're talking about for the Olympics. Um, no, not to my knowledge. I mean, he could have been with the States. I, I, I don't know that. I haven't looked too much into it. I saw it. I didn't read too much about it because, quite honestly, uh, with the baseball coaching hires, with getting – guys, I know that it's 59 days until – or 60 days until – uh, LSU's playing again, but we feel like that's a long time. But when you're doing massive recruiting updates, uh, coaching hires, I just haven't been able to focus on track the way that I would like to, um, especially from the LSU guys. Uh, Dylan Holly says, it's a famous word of Bruce Buffer, we are live. That is true. That is true. Um, Mikey says, hashtag ask Blake, if Derek Sneakley has a bounce back season, does he stay or go? He goes. He's not even, I mean, he's going no matter what. I mean, unless he absolutely tanks, I mean, and I'm talking about, I mean, has to absolutely tank. I'm talking about give up 20 touchdowns type of shit. Like, I mean, he's going to have to absolutely tank. He's gone. Um, and he said, and, and Mikey says, and I've seen Cardell Thomas say it's go time. Does that mean he's performing to Tiger standards? And will he play this season? Look, I don't mean this in the wrong way. Cardell can say whatever in the, the Rudy Poo he wants. But he he's at some point words, and look, I think the kid is talented. I think the kid's got skills. You got to put that on the field. Guys, the last time we saw Cardell Thomas, he was getting his rear end torn up. And that second O-line group, let's call it spade to spade. Again, I say this all the time. Go watch that spring game. Go watch and see the guy that was getting his butt torn up. Thomas Perry was a guy that committed as a tackle and was a tackle at LSU early on. They moved him inside to guard. He played left guard, and quite honestly, in that spring game, he dominated. There were times that he went up against guys like Jaqueline Roy and held his own. He looked damn good. So, again, with all these people talking about depth issues, do you think Jaqueline Roy's a good defensive tackle? Because I sure as hell do. Go watch Thomas Perry go up against Jaqueline Roy and tell me you didn't think that he didn't do good. Because he did. Uh, Cam Wire at left tackle did good. Marcus Dumerville I thought looked pretty decent. Anthony Bradford looked really good. Don't talk to me about depth when you don't understand it. Right? Like, everybody's talking, and, and I understand, like, I understand what people's concerns are because the O-line is and winning the game up front is a big factor, and we're going to talk about the, the I don't the explosiveness on this staff. We're going to talk about that, especially from Jake Peets, DJ Mangus, Durante Jones, Corey Raymond, Blake Baker. Guys, you have a defensive coordinator from Miami who's now your linebackers coach. There's a lot. Of, even though these guys are young and don't have co, or don't have play calling experience, I'm going to put that shit to rest tonight. But when you talk about depth on the offensive line, I hear everybody talking about depth on the O line, depth on the O line. It is where you win and lose games up front, defense and offense. Last year, defensively, you got blown up at the at the point of attack. I thought O line played good, not great. I mean, guys, when you're when you're dropping back fifty two times and you give up two sacks, yeah, you play pretty damn good. Like, let's not get that twisted. 
But I thought, going back to Carl Thomas, I thought he really struggled. I thought Charles Turner looked really good at center. Um, it made me feel a lot better about if Liam Shanahan went down and Charles Turner has to go in there, we're not scrambling as much. Charles Turner looked really good. One chink in the armor can really make things look bad. Cardell Thomas got his butt whooped in the spring game. I'm going to give this analogy. Now, you got guys like Kayshawn Booty, and I, and I get it, what I'm about to say with this position group. Name a wide receiver right now. Name a wide receiver outside of Kayshawn Booty that you're like 10 out of 10 confident in. You can't. Now, I could sit here and say that I, I'm confident in Austin Deculus and things that he's done. I mean, guys, you that kid is that kid has seen everything. There's nothing that Nick Saban, that uh, Texas A&M, uh, Arkansas, Auburn. There's not Kirby Smart at Georgia. There's absolutely nothing that they can throw at Austin Deculus he hasn't seen. That's what experience gives you. Chasing Hines, who got playing time as a freshman, didn't as a redshirted freshman, comes back, got a lot of experience last year. Liam Shanahan being the same. There's not a lot that these guys haven't seen from a protection standpoint. Now, even Cam Wire has seen a lot of things. So when we talk about depth, when we talk about that, you better have the same respect at the wide receiver position that you do have on the O-line. Like, And look, I think Brad Davis... Talking about explosive coaching staffs, I think he's explosive as a recruiter, and I think he's explosive as a technician and teaching guys how to be better inside, uh, guys on the inside, center guard, and the guys that tackle. So I know I'm kind of I, I kind of went on a little uh, tangent there, but I keep hearing people say the O line, the O line, the O line, the O line. What about wide receiver? What about guys? You're starting a safety, and Jay, you're starting safety right now. Jay Ward's never played that position, and you're worried about O line. I, look, you know how I feel about Jay Ward at this point. I think a kid's going to be a star. Kid's going to be a star. You have two true two new linebackers coming in, but you're worried about the O line, the one position group that you can form two position groups that you can formally say that you don't have issues with is quarterback with Miles and Max, and then the whole defensive line. The whole defensive guys. If you're gonna, if you're going to say that the D line is explosive, which I agree, and I think that they're really talented. All across the board, got serious depth. Guy goes down, you're okay with it. Guys, they got blown up at the point of attack last year. Like, they got physically dominated in Missouri. Go pop in that Missouri film and go watch the first half of uh, Neil Farrell and and those guys getting blown off. And not just Neil. I thought Neil had the, was the best defensive lineman in that game. Every defensive lineman that played in that game got blown off the ball. Every single one of them, not just him included. So... Talk about depth. You better start thinking about it. You can't just say, here, here's what you can say, and, I, and I'm guilty of this. So I, I'm going to give myself a Rudy Poo on this one. You can't just say a kid's going to be explosive without seeing him play. Now, you, there are your fine inklings. There are your fine little things you can do. The Trevor Lawrence's of the world, the Joe Burrows of the Look, guys, Joe Burrow's stats in 2018 was trash. I mean, it was not good. 16 uh, touchdowns with eight interceptions because we knew that kid was special. You could see what that kid was doing. There are inklings when you could say, okay, this – but here's the difference is you saw him play. You saw you saw Joe play. So, just my thought, my little tangent. Uh, Timmy Sanders says, this show is awesome. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that, Timmy. Um, 
Roderick Duga says, "What's good, Blake? What's happening, my friend?" Um, uh, says Saint uh, Saint Seer. My bad, Matt. That's my that's my bad. Saint Seer. My bad. Um, Robbie Robeek. What's up, Robbie? Uh, Jason Kelly is DJ Cal in a baseball uniform. Hashtag We the Best because I'm out there grinding. Well, look, I don't care if he looks like DJ Khaled, uh, 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 Winnie the Pooh Bear, uh, Smokey the Bear, um, who's the Michelin Man, Fat Albert. I don't give two Rudy Poos what the man looks like. If the man can coach, it's all I care about. <laughs> you can be that Michelin Man. You can, your roles can have roles. You can have Krispy Kreme as your blood type. I don't give a shit. If the man can coach, I'm cool with it. <laughs> like I, that man can have a, a cracker barrel white gravy flowing through his veins, and I don't give a Rudy Poo. <laughs> don't care. Don't care what you look like if you can coach. It's like everybody says quarterbacks have to be six four, six five. Tell that to Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray can get from point A to point B and be explosive, I don't give a shit. Just me. I mean, I don't, you know, look, I, I <laughs> doesn't, doesn't bother me any. Uh, Chris says Arizona Tigers with the EAUX. Blaine Smith says his other assistant has to recruit well in the South. And why I'm kind of pushing for Chad Kaya. Again, I'm not talking about sourcing. I'm just trying to push for a guy that I think's going to be good. I think Chad Kaye would be a good coach. Actually, I'm not saying he, I think he'd be a good coach. He is a good coach. He'd be great for your staff. Guys, you're losing, you were losing guys to Chad Kaye, to Southern Miss. You were losing really good baseball players from the state of Louisiana going to Southern Miss, and they were getting us regionals and super regionals. You can't, you can't have that happen. You can't miss – if you're the only recruiter on staff, which is mostly on every staff in baseball, you can't miss <laughs> – LSU has missed a lot under Nolan Kane, or did miss a lot under Nolan Kane. Uh, Robert Plaisant says, I saw Beloso came back to earth and Sanford's still struggling. Do you think they make the team next year? I think that Kay Beloso will make the team. I think that you're going to have that Sanford's gone. Um, personally, guys, he hit 30, uh, 0.038 in, in, in the SEC with LSU. He's hitting 038 now. The kids, the kids is not a D one baseball player. Now, can can they change something? Can they fix something? Is it a little too much for him right now? Um, is he a little? He is a little younger, you know, dude. But it is what it is. Uh, Greg Dyke says, "I don't care what he looks like. Just get the job done." A- absolutely. I mean, that's what I just said. <laughs> absolutely. I don't, guys. Again. I don't care if the man eats fro- uh, Wendy's Frosties for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I could give a Rudy Pooh what he do- what he looks like. I don't care if he's fat. I don't care if he's got muscles. I don't care if he's skinny. I don't care about any of that. If the man can coach, and, and look, this is something that we're going to talk later on the show about mental uh, mental health and sports. You may laugh about it. You might joke about it, but. He's going to hear that shit all the time while in Baton Rouge. Let that man give up. Let let that man, one of that man's pitchers give up a home run. 
I hope he I hope he gets a sponsorship from Krispy Kreme though. <laughs> y'all know y'all know for the love of God Baton Rouge would explode if that get, man got a a, a a a a sponsorship somehow some way from Krispy Kreme. Mary Lee Donuts, where you at, dog? I don't like Mary Lee Donuts. Preferably, I actually like Delicious here in Hammond. They on point though. They on point, guys. I'm just letting you know. I need to talk to them people at Delicious. They need to, they need to be a sponsor. AYS. Chris Barton Hill says the RBO game will improve the run game drastically. I agree with that. And why I think, and I, I need to get to this. So let, let's let, let's talk here. I'm gonna get. Let's get to a couple more uh, comments, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk there about the o, or the staff being explosive. Uh, Jeffrey says the O line will be better than people are getting giving them credit for, and I agree with that. Again, if you're going to talk about depth, you better talk about depth at every position. Guys, you have safeties that never start in the SEC. Now, Jay Ward is a guy that started at corner. He's never started at safety in the SEC. Now, I've shared the video before, but him running with guys like Kadarius Toney and a guy that can tackle in space, that he's going to be fine. Like, that's one of the kids I don't worry about. What can Major Burns do? What can Jay, uh, uh, Jordan Tolls do? Um Again, the linebackers. I mean, there are some wide receiver guys running back. I mean, you got the depth, but they've struggled there. You should be more worried about other positions than the O-line right now. I mean, I'm just calling a spade a spade. You know, I heard Rohan Davey the other day talking about it too, and he's like, hey, I thought the O-line played great. And I'm like, "Thank in the spring, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Someone that actually understands what good O-line play is supposed to look like actually comes out here and talks about it. And I get it. Blake's being biased. He's a he's an O-line homer. I'm just telling you the facts. People, The one position in football that people trash the most is O-line. The, the position group that people know the least about is O-line. All right, one more, and then we're going to talk about this staff being explosive. Uh, Henry Pugh, what's up, Henry? Says, hashtag ask Blake, what is the first game on our schedule that will tell you, tell us who we are? UCLA, <laughs> look with DTR UCLA. They, UCLA has some explode. Look, you can laugh about this all you want. Okay, I'm going to tell you this right now, and a lot of people aren't talking about UCLA. I'm going to tell you right now, UCLA's got some kids that are explosive on the outside. They got some running backs. They got some receivers. They got a, a quarterback that's got the ability. They aren't good up front. They are not good up front. This will tell you how LSU has uh, has progressed up front. Now, if you remember, so let me take a step back here. You remember in 2019 where the O-line struggled in the running game. That was the biggest joke. You remember Texas, a lot of people were saying, man, this LSU, the, the O-line for LSU is struggling. Guys, Clyde went over 100. Joe Burrow had close to 60 uh, dropbacks, and they had four sacks. Guys, again, that means there were times. Think about this. And let's just, for even numbers sake, let's just say Joe Burrow dropped back 60 times and ran a couple of them, and it didn't go on the stat sheet uh, as attempts. I think it may have been like 57 or something like that. Even if, let's just round up to 60, even if they gave up four or five sacks, that means you're going 10 to 12 passing plays, 10 to 12 dropbacks without a sack. That means you're going two whole series without a sack. Explosion, guys. Explosion. And then you had someone like Joe Burrow who can who took a sack on purpose. And look, there were some plays that Joe, I don't want to say gave up, 
because Joe never gave up. There were plays that he ate the ball and he took the sack so that he can live for fight to fight for another down. That's what made Joe so great. You, it's UCLA. When you go in, there is LSU has a chip on their shoulder. The one thing that I think is the most cohesiveness from the staff is that this team has a a um, a chip on their shoulder that that you can't teach. They have a chip on their shoulder. It's like, you know, I equate it to the movie Rocky Three, right? Glover Lang. Um, you, when you lose the eye of the tiger, it's tough to get back. You know, and, and, and that that's just how I'm going to uh, put it in there. Uh, talking about the staff being explosive, I, I, I kind of want to throw this out there. And a lot of people have made this point. I, I, I get what they're saying, uh, and I understand what they're saying. Like, I understand when I'm about to say this. I understand when people talk about this. When people talk about Jake Peets and when people talk about Durante Jones, the one thing that both of them have in common is they never call plays. Right? Never call plays, to their point. Durante Jones has called plays. Jake Peets has been, had a lot of experience. Guys, do you think that two coaches with headsets on like this don't hear guys calling plays? Jake Peets has been under great offensive coordinators. You mean to tell me that guy didn't have headsets on for Lane Kiffin? That that guy didn't have on headsets for Steve Sarkeesian? That that guy didn't have on uh, headsets for uh, uh, Joe Brady? Do you think he just forgets stuff like that? Do you think he just forgets stuff like that? Joe Brady never called plays either. What I think starts to separate this, this staff, okay, they are young, they are diverse, they are really good at recruiting. Uh, what about the commits? They're good at recruiting. You're going to have a top three class, top three to five class. I think the innovation that this staff brings you is different than what you see in the SEC. Guys, Bill O'Brien's offensive coordinator at Alabama, and I get that it's Alabama, and it's kind of the plug and play, and you can stick anyone in Alabama, whatever. I don't know if that's going to be the same with Bill O'Brien. I, I, I don't know about that. I, I got to see Bill O'Brien call some plays before I'm going to say this is about to this is about to Alabama's offense is about to be really good, right? I have to. Offenses are different now. Uh, with the weapons that he's going to have, with the guys that he's going to have, maybe so. But I do think that you have a young, talented and guys. Nobody in America knows what you're about to run, and that makes you very freaking dangerous. I would rather you not. I would rather teams not know what I'm about to do and come off the top rope and hit you with the Shawn Michaels elbow, the rock bottom, boom. Then you having multitudes of film on a guy that's called plays and you know what they're going to do, guys. In the comments, give me a and I, there aren't going to be any. Give me a thumbs up if you know exactly what Jake Peets is going to run. There better not be – you have an idea. You have an idea it's going to be RPO. We talked about last night they want to pound the rock. Do you know what the formations are going to look like? Do you know what Jake Peach is going to do on third and two? Do you know who the fullback's going to be? Are they going to put Big Tank Guillory in at fullback? Are they going to throw him the football? You have no idea. Young, innovative minds that have grown up in the RPO game. Guys, Durante Jones was in a lower level of college football calling plays. Guess what they were running, and guess what he talked about that they ran? RPOs. <laughs> Guys, this started from a young age. You think this is the first time he's seen it? 
You think that he hasn't been and knowing how to cover in the secondary in the NFL going up against guys like Aaron Rodgers? Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. I'm not going to believe everybody freaks out about these guys not calling plays. I'm telling you, when you have this thing on for 60 straight minutes and you're listening to offense and defense, guys, the best offensive coordinators could be the best defensive coordinators too. That's how well they know the other side of the football. I have absolutely no worries about Durante Jones and Jake Peets. None. Head scratchers when hired? Sure. But I don't have any worries. Uh, Jason says, as long as uh, it looks nothing like Matt Canada's offense, I'm good. It ain't going to look nothing like Matt Canada's offense. It ain't going to look. Now, let me let me, let me me say this. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> we're not going under center with a, with a jet sweep to Russell Gage, which, by the way, Russell Gage has turned out to be a, a, a pretty decent NFL player. Um, we're not going to see that. You're going to see a lot of motions. Guys, again, you're going to see a lot of the same type of uh, philosophies, though, I, I feel. And you know what else is interesting to me that nobody is is talking about? The last time – what happened the last time George uh, George Munoz was on the staff? What happened the last time he was standing next to Ed? What ha- Guys, Joe Burrow personally invited this guy to the Heisman ceremony. You think that this guy doesn't have an innovative offensive mind? He's got some baggage with him. I understand the baggage. I understand that George is not always liked by some – but he did good at LSU, and he's going to do good at LSU. He's got a lot of booster backing, too. Look, there's a reason George Munoz is back. Not because he was just on the 2019 staff. There's a lot of people out there that like him a lot. Uh, Chase Orgeron said, Cracker Barrel White Gravy is freaking delicious. That it is. If you just joined the show, I said that uh, new LSU pitching coach Jason Kelly has – uh, I don't or I said that I don't care that he might have uh, Cracker Barrel white gravy flowing through his veins. It doesn't matter to me. It still doesn't matter to me. Uh, let's see. Tasha Thibodeau from the Real LSU Nation. She says, "Hey Blake, watching you from work, rolling through to holla, go Tigers." I appreciate that, and she gives us the hearts. Jared Smith says, "Hearing we getting Demario Tolan, yeah, the linebacker. I I, I think that um." Him, Harold Perkins, Sean Murphy are three linebackers to watch out for. I think that uh, I think that Jared's right here. I would watch out for Tolan to make uh, to make an announcement soon. When did he say it was? I think he said it was on his birthday. Um, guys, a guy that we're not talking about, a guy that we're not talking about right now is Blake Baker. It it takes someone to be very humble, and Blake has talked about this. Not me, Blake Baker. Uh, has talked about, look, I'm taking a step back. If Durante Jones wants to come to me and let's talk defense, guys, we're going to talk defense. Durante Jones, per Ed Orsron and from others, is a guy that wants to learn, a guy that wants to go out there, a guy that wants to learn more and be innovative. That is the best type of CEOs. That's the best type of game managers. That's the best guy that you know when shit breaks to hell. And let me tell you something, shit's going to break to hell. Shit is going to break to hell. When it does, can you be composed enough to respond and react? Durante Jones, whether you like it or not, has a very Dave Aranda feel to it. We're going to be fast. We're going to be physical. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to shock the world. I, I, I really believe Durante Jones is going to shock the world. But Blake Baker is a guy that you can lean on. 
Corey Raymond, for crying out loud, is a guy you can lean on. Stop right quick. Corey Raymond doesn't want to be your DC. <laughs> Every time it comes up, get it, everybody, understand, Corey Raymond doesn't want to be your defensive coordinator. He wants to coach DBs. He don't give a Rudy Poo about fat guys like me and fat guys like Jason Kelly that got pot tarts as their blood type. They don't. He don't care about it. He cares about the big guys. I'm not saying that. Big guys pay his paycheck, if you know what I mean. Uh, just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. The man does not want to be your D.C., Uh, Jeffrey says Josh Pearson will be a machine. We need to get Zach Pearson on the show. We need to we need to get him to stop being a Rudy Poo. We'll send this to him. Everybody go on Twitter and say Zach Pearson. Everybody on Twitter that's got a Twitter at the show, go at Zach Pearson, spelled like this, and tell him he needs to bring his happy ass back on the AYS. Oh, I got a family. Oh. <laughs> I love you, Zachary. Uh, Chase Orson says, delicious as a goat. I'm telling you, man, the North Shore got them things rolling. I mean, look at the man's last name. I mean, he's eating food from Coco's house. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Um, Brandon Hollywood Sword says, I'm by far more worried about O-line play than any other positions on the field. Why? I mean, Brent, give me give me reasons why. So you're not worried about safeties. You're not worried about DBs. You're not worried about D-line depth that got blown up by Missouri, got blown up by Alabama. You're not worried about wide receivers. You're not worried about other things, but you're worried about O-line play. Why? Again, uh, I'm making sure I'm reading this correctly. I'm by far more worried about O-line play. Someone give me the reasons as to why. Guys, when you don't have a cohesive understanding, and I'm not saying this about Brandon, when you don't, when we don't understand what Steve Insminger, do you understand the game plan of Steve Insminger from last season? Because I sure as hell didn't. Not until Florida, not until Ole Miss. I had no idea what he was trying to, what this play meant to what to accomplish. What are you running the RPO for on two and or second and six? What are you trying to set up? There wasn't any of that. Not until Florida. Not until Florida. Can say what you want. You can also say when you have a mobile quarterback in Max, it does take the pressure off the O line. Guys, it's very difficult in today's day and age to be able to if you're gonna be a statue, it's very difficult. Very difficult. For you to have a guy that can sit back there and not run. Guys, both tack again, both tackles went out in the Super Bowl for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, and what happened? He looked average at best. You had two quarterbacks, some would say three at times, that lit it the hell up. I'm not gonna take away from Miles Brennan that he had some impressive stats. How can Mac let me ask you this question? For everybody that loves Miles Brennan, for everybody that loves Max Johnson, for everybody who liked TJ and what he did against teams like South Carolina, guys, they put up very very impressive stats. If you're going to point to that, who blocked for them? Because Patrick Mahomes, whether you like it or not, in the last Super Bowl, not look, did not look great like he normally does. Didn't even look good. Guys, he looked average. Big arms don't mean shit. Let me throw this to you. 
Talk about a big arm with Miles Brennan. What happens when you can't run? It doesn't mean hell and high water. What happens when you got a bazooka attached to your shoulder if you can't move? Talk about preaching. I see people in here saying, Blake, preach. Blake, preach. Call me Pastor Rafino because we're preaching tonight. The best quarterback in the NFL right now is Patrick Mahomes, Whether, in my opinion. Let me just say my opinion. We can talk about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. In my opinion, it's Pat Mahomes. I think it's really not even close. When he didn't have decent o not even good, decent O-line play, he wasn't good. So, tell me again about LSU's O-line. Who's your second wide receiver? You can say, well, it's going to be Jeray Jenkins because he caught a couple touchdowns last year. Guys, catching a couple touchdowns ain't going to give you two licks of Rudy Poo. <laughs> ain't going to do nothing. Uh, Hollingsworth says, Deckless has never impressed me. He should be a guard. He'll be a guard in the, um, in the NFL. Uh, and I see Patton, uh, Patton McNee says, bad analogy, Brady is a statue. Brady is not, is Brady not an anomaly? And the truth is, is Brady can move inside the pocket. In today's game, do you have more pocket passers or do you have more guys that can move? You know who else is a pocket passer at the end of his career? Drew Brees. Guys, when you can't move, you're not going to do well. Patrick Mahomes, probably the best quarterback in the NFL. What happened? I'm not trashing on Miles Brennan there. I'm just telling you the God's honest facts. Uh, Brandon says, wide receiver talent on the roster is through the roof, unproven. But you can't say that, though, Brandon. You can't say that they're talented and yet unproven. You have an entire offensive line that is proven. You have, I mean, look, look, you can say that they're talented, but you also said unproven. You're not worried about that? You're more worried about a position group that returned five guys, actually seven or six guys with starts, than guys that didn't start last year for LSU at wide receiver. What about safety? What about linebacker? What about D-line? Again, you can, not, you can be worried about what you want, but don't let these Rudy Poos beat in your head that the O-line is worse than the linebacker position and D-line that we saw last season. You can say, you can say Deculus never impressed you. I don't care. Watch that man in the running game. Last one for Brandon. He says, Stingley Ricks, I'm confident that they'll get D the DBs figured out. Uh, great base, Roy Mason, Gay, uh, OB, etc. I feel fine about D-line more than I have in recent years. Rosenthal being gone, wire was your swing. I get that. But the same guys you had here, Roy, Mason, who we haven't seen yet, Gay, OB, got obliterated by Missouri. Don't take that away. You, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna take away the Miles Brennan stats from Missouri, you better not take away Alabama, Missouri, Miss State blowing your ass to hell. That D line's good, ain't it? I believe it is. Not, I think it's the most has the most depth and the most talent in the SEC. Not if in college football, guys, they got blown to hell last year. <laughs> you can't take that away. Uh, Tide Talk Pod says, Loki Max Johnson going to make some noise this year. I agree with that. Says an Alabama fan. He's being honest. You got to respect this, guys. You got to respect this. 
Let's do this. Let's get to a quick break, and then we'll finish out the show. Uh, guys, go see my good friends over at Drake Williams Law Firm. Go see my good friend, Mr. Richie Roche, over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape. Guys, the weather and everything, they're doing back patios. They still can do stuff for you. Give Richie Roche and them a call today. None better. Richie Roche, Roche's Lawn and Landscape. Guys, if you want the best-looking yard in your neighborhood, you got to call Richie Roche today. 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. Guys, they can do back patios. They can do a lot of different things to just come and make your landscaping yard look the best. Again, Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape. 225-937-7220. Tell them Blake Ruffin and AYS sent you on by. And our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm. DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. 985-386-7600. That's 985-386-7600. Tell me, good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino at AYS, since you on by. All right. Um, Gary says, with the receivers we have this year, why would you entertain an idea for Stingley at receiver? I don't think that you should. Um, Lamar Williams says, Coy Moore will be number two. Again, we don't know that. It's a, Guys, it, it's like Jamar Chase. Were they talented at the end? Yes. Was Jamar Chase a top five pick? Yes. You did not know what you were going to get in Jamar Chase going into that season. Just because you have worries doesn't mean they're not good. The entire 19 season with guys that returned that were talented, guys like Adrian McGee that never started. You had guys on the O-line that had to start. You were worried about them, and in my opinion, and the award told you that, they were the best O-line. You better you can say, and Brandon says here, the wide receiver talent is through the roof, unproven but yet talented. Guys, at what point do you talk about proven and not? You can't make an assumption about playing in the SEC. It doesn't work like that. We can assume this D-line is going to be fantastic because they have uh, talent and depth. You can also pop on the film and watch them get blown the hell up. At what point point are we going to be realistic about that? D-line is going to be... I said all this to said all that to say this. That Lee line's gonna be nasty. You better put some respect on that O line's name, who, by the way, per SEC stack had, I say this stat all the time, gave more Miles Brennan more time in the pocket than any quarterback in the SEC through three weeks. Um <laughs> Jason says, Blake, you better stop cussing. Father Matthews in the house. Or uh Father Bear's in the house. I got to get with Father Bear. He needs to bless our season. Father, I'm going to need you to bless the O-line. P- say a couple Hail Mary. We got we to gotta do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, Ryan says, from an old O-lineman to another, they play, the, the play called all together last season uh, will only get better. I agree with that. I, I, I fully agree with that. Uh, Patton says, I want Max, Brady, Peyton, Breeze were statues. So just saying it can be done. Yeah, but what's happened now in today's game? You can't – I mean, today's game is so much different. Peyton, at the end of his at the end of his tenure, okay, yeah, I, I get it. He was kind of bad. And look at Breeze. Guys, in college football, you have to be able to move. Or, or, or – and here's the thing, Peyton, about these three guys – Right, like here's the thing about Brady, Peyton, and Breeze. They were smarter than everybody on the field, were they not? Tom Brady's smarter than everybody on the field. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning was smarter. Omaha was better than uh, smarter than everybody on the field, and so was Drew Breeze. If you can't move, you better know where to go with the football. T- 
tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying because those three guys were have a football IQ. Those guys have forgot about more football than I'll ever know, and I'll be honest in saying that. But the reason those guys were statues is because they knew what you were going to do. They were more prepared than you were. Do you have the confidence that Miles Brennan will be that? Because I don't. Roderick says, schemes and grit will match great this year. It has the potential to be very special. Can't disagree. Zachary Ross says, Jack Besh is the real deal. Hope we can get him on the field this year and he could be a game changer. Let's see how he, yeah, let's see how he reacts to getting popped in the SEC once. I mean, look, man, the kid's ferocious. I like the kid's attitude. <laughs> I, you know what's crazy to me? We see a freshman come off the street, and it's like you can plug and play this kid. Jamar Chase led LSU in drops in 2018. <laughs> Guys, it's not easy to walk off the street as a freshman and get shit done. People can say, well, it's happening more and more. Yeah, to the one percenters. There's 130,000 kids in D1 football. Less than one percent are true freshmen that come in and start immediately and have an explosive impact in, in Power 5. Like you can – guys, Trevor Lawrence struggled as a freshman as a quarterback even though they won a national a national title. You didn't see Tua. Um Jake Fromm, yeah, I mean, but Jake Fromm still threw a hell of a lot of interceptions, and they opened it up for him. You knew who Jake Fromm was after that. Um, yeah, I get some people are talking about O-line and true freshman. Again, it's very few. You might have the guy, uh, the, the, the five-star top five talent that can come in and play left tackle. Doesn't happen that often. Um... Jared says, I'm for I'm feeling DeRay Jenkins. I am too. I think the kid's going to have a breakout season. That's what I said a couple uh, I've talked about. I think DeRay Jenkins is very underrated on this offense. Out of Gina, Louisiana. The only reason I remember that is because they got some Rudy Poos that like to give people tickets out there. Uh, Brandon Reese says, I think that Mike Jones, who Mike Jones? Uh, Buck Strong, Demon Clark, Michael Bashville will be a good linebacker unit. Guys, again, I'm not disagreeing with any of this. I'm not disagreeing with any of this. Okay? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm just saying, when you have a proven unit, okay, you're more worried. How about this? We're okay with saying Mike Jones and Bug Strong. Without And I, I'm guilty of that. I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about the O-line either. Guys, if, if a, quarter, a quarterback is going to get sacked, a, 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 a quarterback like Max Johnson without a lot of experience is going to take sacks in college football. It will happen. It will happen. He gives you more bill. Hey, you know what? You know what? Let's go here. If your O-line's Rudy Poo, you better pray for Max then. You know what? Your O-line's Rudy Poo, guys. Your O-line's shit. Your O-line just had nine of ten games where they had a guy, a running back, run for over five yards per carry. They're shit, though. How, many, how can you have a guy that has a, a player, and I think it was nine, maybe seven or eight. I'm, I need to go back and check that. How, 
how do you, when you have that many guys go for over five yards per carry, do you call them shit? Chris Curry went over five yards per carry against Mississippi State. He was getting hot. You take him out. You don't play him again. Uh, Tyron Davis-Price had five yards per carry against Missouri. You take him out. You don't put him back in. John Emery um, has the explosive run against uh, uh, Alabama. He gets two more carries. He drops a pass, and then you take his ass out over five yards per carry. Guys, if you're going to have a guy that's hot in the backfield, keep his ass in there and let him run. O-line shitty. Hey, John Emery ran 70-plus yards because against Alabama. You know what? O-line play was shit. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Brandon Hollinsworth says, schemes will be the O-line's best friend. Brandon, it always is. Brandon, it always is. I agree with you there, brother. I know that's probably one thing we've disagreed about. I agree with you there. Uh, John says, Peyton Breeze and Brady can move in the pocket. That's a big deal. Yeah, it was. And then, look, they're smarter than everybody on the field. <laughs> you mean to tell – hey, 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 here's the argument, right? Like, here's the argument. Blake, the, you've got Peyton Breeze and Brady that are statues in the pocket. What do all three of those guys have in, in common? <laughs> Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills has more rushing touchdowns than in the last two years than Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys. Tony uh, Weaver, Sea King, I love you. It's just facts, bro. It's just facts. Look, Peyton says he's got no confidence. Why he wants Max Johnson? He's our future. Okay. Uh, and also asks, when does Max's brother come in at tight end? Not this recruit. He's in this recruiting class, so not this year, but next year. Talking about a kid that exploded. Talk about a kid that exploded. Bundy on Facebook Live says we need production from the tight end position. Um, Mike Scarborough tweeted a couple weeks ago that he um, saw Cole Taylor, and then he was up to about two fifty, which is really awesome. Really, really, really awesome. A couple more we're going to get uh, back out of here. Uh, Steven says, linebacker is my biggest worry. Clark needs to get better. Hope it was scheme last year. Yeah, we better hope. <laughs> I mean, got, do me a favor. When you get off of this right now, do me a favor. Go type in LSU versus Missouri. And then, and then when you come back in here and we talk about it again, you're like, hey, man, hot damn it. Blake was right. And don't even watch the game. Just watch LSU's D-line, it's, especially after the first quarter. You can fast through for, through the first quarter, especially in the second quarter. Watch them asses get blown up. Hey, but they're all back, though. Blake, everybody on the O-line's back. Yeah, you know, so they, they sucked. Everybody on that D-line's back, too, Big Daddy. And you added some pieces. When you come back in here tomorrow and you say, Blake, you were right on that, people go do it. Uh, let's see. Two more. Two more. We'll get two more. Two more. Uh, Go Tiger says yes. Blake Robe, uh running back rotation was questionable last year. Look, and, and I don't mean this in the wrong way. This I, I I love Kevin Falk more than anybody. It better get figured out. Last one. Dylan Holly says our biggest problem last year, especially with Miles, is the backside DN would crash like a mofo. And uh, on all running plays and, and, and all the RPO fakes. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. He didn't give a shit. Why does he care? 
Why does he care? All right, guys, we will see you tomorrow. Don't forget, we're going on vacation. I'm going on vacation next week. But <laughs> no, I'm not. My old married with a child ass is probably going to try to sleep as much as I can. Isn't it sad you go on vacation just to, you know, maybe get an extra 30, 45 minutes to shut eye? Guys, I wake up at 4.35 o'clock every morning. Or 5 o'clock every morning. Let me say 4.30. 5 o'clock every morning. Guys, I'm going on vacation because Daddy wants to go to sleep. All right, guys, we'll see you all again tomorrow. We need to bring a guest in this thing. We'll figure that out. We'll do it. All right, guys, you all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Spoiler alert. A two-word warning that we're about to ruin the end. But sometimes, spoilers can be worthwhile. And so we designed the Lexus NX to reveal many things. Like taking the mystery out of how close you are between parking space lines. Or the time you'll arrive at your dinner reservation. Technology designed to remove surprise endings. It's just a better story that way. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.